Okay, fine, so let's learn. So, no, so in this week's parasha, parasha has told us, so we have, uh, no, it's the famous story of Yaakov Avinu, you know, manipulating the situation to receive the brachas from Yitzchak. As we know, Yitzchak Avinu was planning on giving the brachas to, um, to Esav, which is a, a Indian by itself why he was planning on doing that. But we understand that, I guess, just by way of introduction, the brachas that Yaakov Avinu is trying, is trying to receive... You know, again, when you read the Pesukim, the brachas are, are about physical things. Mital Shemai and Shmani Arts do and rain and just good things and success and uh, militarily and just uh, everything good in the world. But we understand that according to Chazal, the brachas that Yitzchak Avinu, whoever he would give them to, the brachas, even though they're expressed in physical terms, the, the, what was really being given over was Yiddishkeit. Is whoever receives that bracha is going to be the Am Hanifra, is going to be the chosen people, continuing the Shalshalas, the chain that Avram Avinu began. And so this is a big deal. This is a big deal who's going to receive the brachas. So again, so Yaakov Avinu, <coughs> as we know, through uh, the Eitzah of Rivki Menu, he, uh, he, he comes with trickery and he steals the brachas, he takes the brachas. Okay. But what's interesting is, is that in the beginning of the parsha we see this, is that Yaakov Avinu mm-hmm. understood that the only way that he's going to be able to receive the brachas, and looking back at the story, it's clear like this, is if he has to, he has to officially be the Bukhar. We find this idea that the brachas are being given over to whoever is defined as the firstborn, whoever's the Bukhar. And so in the beginning, there are two times that Yaakov Avinu, so to speak, tricks Esav, right? Esav himself says this, that Yaakov is at Pamayim, that he tricked me twice. And these two... These two, uh, uh, you know, experiences of engaging Esav in this tricky way are related to each other. In order to receive the brachas, Yaakovinu has to establish himself as the Bukhar. And so that's from the parish in the beginning. We have the mice of Yaakovinu buying, so to speak, the birthright from Esav. Lechem and Zeradash, and we all know the story that he comes in, Esav is very tired, and Yaakov is making lentil soup for Yitzchak Avinu, who's sitting Shiva for Avram Avinu. And uh, yeah, Esau says, Give me that red thing, whatever it is that's on the stove. <coughs> so Yaakov says, fine, but so I'll give it to you in exchange for the birthright, for the Bukhaira. And Esau says, I'm dying, what do I care about the Bukhaira? And so Yaakov says, swear to me. So he says, I swear. And so fine, he gives the exchange, the bowl of lentil soup, and Esau somehow gives the firstborn Right to Yaakovinu. Ah, Yaakovinu is the Bukhar. Now, seeing the future, he's able to eventually take the, take the brachas as well. Okay. So there's a number of, I guess question number one is, what exactly is the connection over here? Why is it so important for Yaakovinu to establish himself as the Bukhar? The truth is, even in the birth of Yaakovinu, right? Pasik says that Yaakov Avinu, the Esav comes out first, so he's the, he's the Bukhar. And Yaakov Avinu, he's holding onto the heel of Esav as he's emerging, almost as if he's trying to pull him back in. Says Rashi, why is he doing that? And that's why he's called uh, Yaakov, as we know. So it says in Pasuk, uh, so Rashi says, why was he doing such a thing? So Rashi says as follows. That bedin, the Yaakov Avinu, even as a baby, was 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 uh, trying to convey a message that uh, he has the that that really in truth he should be the one to come out first. 
Because Yaakov Neitzer Mitipa Rishayna, the Ace of Benashniah. Because the first piece of genetic material from Yitzchak Avinu, Yaakov Avinu was created from. And the second piece, that's where Ace of comes from. I, Ace of came out first. So it says Rashi, Tseulmad, Mishafer Shapia Kitsara. So it can be compared to a straw. Whatever goes in first, so Rashi says like this, You put in two, let's say two stones and a straw, whatever it is, and then you flip it over to, for the stones to come out. Whatever goes in first is going to come out second. So in birth, Esav comes out first. But in being conceived in terms of... Right, yeah. So, But in terms of, of being conceived from Yitzchak Avinu, as far as the father's uh, participation in the creation of the baby, Yaakov is born first. And so already from the very, very beginning, there's this Indian of like, you know, Yaakov has to establish himself as he's the Bukhar. Okay, so what's this Indian of the Bukhar and Chalal? And this is, this is the way in order to eventually receive the Brachas. Yaakov is at Pamayim. And when, that's what Rashi says, that later on, that when Yitzchak Avinu hears from Esav, that Taka Yaakov bought the birthright, so Yitzchak says, okay, Gam Baruch Yeh, it's Taka true. fine, if he's the Bukhar, then the, then the Brachas are rightfully his. So what's the relationship between the Brachas and the birthright? Okay, that's one. Number two, there's a question the Rishonim deal with in Halacha, which is, how exactly did this sale take place? So, and on a simple level, what does it mean, the birthright? So Rashi says, on a simple level, it means the right to eventually work in the Beis HaMikdash. Because in those days, again, before the Chet Egel, the firstborns were the ones that were going to work in the Mishkan and then the Beis HaMikdash. So whoever is the Bukhar is eventually going to have that right to work in the base of Megdash, him and his descendants. And so Yaakov Inu is buying that schos, buying that right to work in the base of Megdash a thousand years later. So the question the Rishonim deal with is, is a concept in halacha, which is that you cannot sell or buy something that's davrish loyal oil, something that doesn't exist yet. So if I, let's say the classic example in the Gemara, one of the examples is, let's say I'm a fisherman and I put out a net in the ocean, right? No fish are caught yet. But I, and then someone comes to me and says, you know what? Let me buy from you all the fish that you will catch. And I agree, and we shake our hands, and we exchange money. Says the Gemara, the, the sale never took place. Because the fish, there are no fish in the net yet. It's a Dover Shleva Oilam, it hasn't yet come to be. If I have a tree, an apple tree, it's the middle of the winter, and there's no apples. And someone says to me, you know what, let's make a deal. I want to buy the apples of this coming season. And I say, sure, no sale. Why? Because there's no apples yet. It's never Shlava Island. So ask the Rishonim, I understand over here. Yaakov Avinu is trying to buy from Esav the right to work in the Beis Hamikdash. There's no Beis Hamikdash, there's no Mishkan. It's a thousand years later. It's not, it doesn't exist yet. You can't buy and sell such a thing. It's a question the Rishonim asks. There are two basic answers that the Rishonim give. Even, even Yerusha, as long as Yitzchak's alive, there's no schus, there's no. There's no uh, that, that's a right that's also not uh, in existence yet. It's theoretically. If, yes, if you're a Bukhar, then eventually when the time comes, the Yitzchak Avinu passes away, you'll have a double portion. But it's, not, it's also not here yet. Like Halach Lamais, if a person wants to, the Pasha, this is, if a person wants to sell their right to the double portion of Yerusha that they eventually will get, you can't sell that. It's not, it's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't exist yet. So there are ways, so th- listen, there are sheetas that hold that you can sell Dover Shlobo. We don't hold like that. And, and, and there are ways around it. There are some technical details. I could sell, when it comes to a tree, there is a technicality where the Gemara talks about if I sell the tree for its fruit. 
So in other words, I'm actually selling the part of the tree, the part of the tree that's going to produce the fruit. Okay, but, but over here, you're just selling the right. Uh, the right doesn't exist yet. So there's two, there are two basic answers in the Rishonah. One answer is, and it, and it really depends on why is it that you can't sell something that doesn't exist yet. So one reason that's, that the Rishonim give, it's a big discussion in, in Masechus Bavavasra and Bavavitsiya, but one, one explanation for this very concept is that there's a lack of smichas das. Smichas das means when I, in order for any business transaction to take place, both parties, we have to assume that both parties are taking this very seriously. If one of them is not taking this so seriously, even if he says the words, but we know in his heart that he's not so serious about it, then there's no deal. Then there's no deal. So one explanation the Rishonim say is, well, one second, that the, the reason why, generally speaking, you cannot sell something that's not in existence yet is because how serious can the people take it already? It, uh, yeah, the fish aren't here, so fine. You know, yeah, sure, I'll buy it, I'll sell it. They're not taking it so seriously. Therefore, therefore, for example, the Rosh says, well, over here, that's exactly why Yaakov says to Esav, swear to me, right? First he says to Esav, sell me the birthright. And Esav says, sure, whatever, I'm going to die anyway, who cares? You see that he's not taking it so seriously. So Yaakov says, no, 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 he shavali, swear to me that you're willing to do this. And so then he swears, okay, fine, because by swearing, that establishes seriousness. And that was the whole issue of buying and selling something that doesn't exist. There are shitas like that, that if a person is trying to buy or sell something that is not yet here, but if they swear upon it, like in the story of Yaakov and Esav, then the sale goes through. Okay, that's one camp. There's another camp that says, no, 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 the issue of buying and selling something that doesn't exist was never about seriousness. That's not the issue. The issue is that it's not here. It's not, it's not here. One of the rules of Kinyanim, one of the rules of, one of the rules of business transactions is that in order for the transaction to, to take hold, the thing has, the object has to be here. It's not an issue of like your seriousness. It's just one of the technical details of the laws of buying and selling. And so in that camp, the suggestion then is made, this is the Rivash, when the Rishonim, the suggestion then is made, so how, do, how is it going to work over here with Yaakov and Esav? You could swear all that you want. The thing is not here in front of you. So then the answer is, and it's a little bit of a funny one, but the answer is before Harsinai. I know there's a lot of the rules this idea of a sale could only take hold of, you know, when the object is here to sort of sink its teeth into it, that's a halacha in Chayshin Mishpat. It's one of the rules of business as it's defined by the Torah. But before Har Sinai, before Har Sinai, no, the Torah wasn't given yet, so the rules of even monetary law were not necessarily uh, the same as they are now. And before Har Sinai, this, there was no such idea that, the, 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 that a sale could only take place if it could sort of you know, take hold of the object right now. These are the suggestions. No, the, listen, e, e, that, that, in Halacha, that, those are the two camps. That's pretty much how it goes. The issue is like, again, I'm not saying this is a, this is a, a big question technically. It's not a technical question, but it's, all of Yiddishkeit depends on this. You understand? Our, our entire existence as the Am Hanifchar depend on Yaakov Avinu buying the birthright. He has the birthright, then he gets the brachas, and that's the defining factor of Am Yisrael. And, and it's all, you know, and, and the way for the birthright to be sold is because of these technicalities. You know, so you have to understand that in Pneumius, maybe as Hashem, as we see, we'll, we'll, we'll see that what was, being, what was going on over here is something that there, there was never an issue to begin with of Davar Shlav, something that doesn't yet come to be. So we'll see, but that's the, the I guess the second ha'ara, which is 
how halachically did the birthright take place if it doesn't, uh, if the birthright, if those rights didn't exist yet? Okay, so you have these technical answers. Okay, fine. I mentioned in the beginning of the parsha, Rashi says that when Yaakovinu is coming out of the womb, Yaakovinu is holding on to Esav. Because Yaakovinu is trying to say, no, 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 no really on the Bukhar. Really on the Bukhar. And how did Rashi explain it? So Rashi explained that Yaakovinu is not saying this, he's a baby, but he's uh, indicating that what, he, what Yaakovinu wants to establish is that the birthright, the Bukhar, is defined based on the father, not the mother. Because right? again, that's what Rashi said. In terms of the father's uh, involvement in creating the baby, Yaakov was created first. In terms of birth, which is the mother's role, Esav comes out first. And so what we're seeing over here is that, from that Rashi already you see, that it's not so much that Yaakov again, we have to explain this, it wasn't so much that Yaakov was trying to do something that's absolutely new. Like, okay, Esav is 100% the Bukhar, I'm just trying to buy it from him. What you see already from that Rashi in the beginning of Chumash is that there's, not, there's nothing really new going on over here. What Yaakov is trying to establish is a certain truth, a certain way of thinking, a certain, a certain um, uh, perspective that the definition of the birthright is going to be mitzad ha'av. It's going to be something that's defined based on the father and not exclusively based on the mother. Once we could establish that, that the definition of Bukhar versus non-Bukhar is father-based, then automatically Yaakov is the Bukhar. And that's exactly what he was trying to do when he was coming out of the womb of holding Esav back. It's like, don't look, don't look at the outside. Like the outside, you see the first one coming out of, you know, being born. Okay, he's the Bukhar. But if you look deeper than that, in terms of where it's all coming from, which is from the father, I'm actually the Bukhar. But what's interesting over here is this Indian of Yaakov Avinu having a strong connection to the, the Indian of the father. And again, the, the definition of Yaakov as the Bukhar is because of his relationship, because of his, uh, him being defined, you know, as far as the father. So you have to investigate that. Okay. So it's like this. I'm going to share with you an idea that we find from the Rizal. Okay. And then we're going to see that idea develop from the Vilna Gayan. And it's not going to mean anything. Okay. And then we're going to see from the Baal Shantav, And it'll, it'll, it'll be Mesiashev. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll have Kalim. Okay. So, it's as follows. In the concept of the reason we find like this, you know, Yaakov Avinu, we know, it's not in this week's parasha, but in a couple of parashas from now, Yaakov Avinu is given a second name, right? Everyone knows, Yaakov Yisrael. And we know, as opposed to Avram Avinu and Sarah and so on, the name wasn't completely changed, that it's no longer Yaakov. He's Yaakov, and he's also Yisrael. And sometimes he's called Yisrael, sometimes he's called Yaakov, back and forth. In the Sarmak Daishan, we find the following idea. It's, it, again, whenever, we, whenever we're learning about the Avasak Daishim or the Yemais, don't think of them as just individual people that once upon a time lived. In a certain sense, it's irrelevant who they were as individual people back then. Yaakov Vinu was a person, certainly, but Yaakov Vinu is the embodiment of Klai Yisrael. And so the term, the name Yaakov versus the name Yisrael in the Sermak Daishim mean every single Jew, there is a certain aspect of us that's called Yaakov, and a certain aspect of us that's called Yisrael. B'derach Klal, generally speaking, again, uh, bringing it down simply, the Svarim Kedoshim say, the Rizal says that every Jew goes through different tukuvas in life. You have different stages in life. There are certain moments in life, times in life, where we can call the person going through a time of meichen dekatnas, of a small 
consciousness, immature consciousness. I don't mean physically, but spiritually. Uh, a lot of Yitzharis and Nisyanis and Bilbulam and Tirdis, Meichen Dekadnas. That's called Yaakov Avinu. That's called the Tkufa, that's called Yaakov. And then you have a time of Meichen Dekadlas, of expanded consciousness, high, elevated, where you're bigger than all the Inyanim of the world that would usually try to take you down. That's called Yisrael. That's called Yisrael. That's why the name Yisrael comes from the word Reish, head, it's high. And Yaakov comes to the word Ekev, which means heel, which means all the way on the, on the bottom. So you have Kadnas, Meichen de Kadnas, and Meichen de Kadnas. <coughs> now here's the irony. Again, this is what we find from the Rizal. And again, it doesn't, it's not going to have much meaning yet. But the Rizal said like this. A person finds themselves in a Yaakov Tukufa, or you find yourself in Yisrael Tukufa. The Rizal said there, at the same time, while you are in one of these two states, there are two Madragas of Shefa, there are two madregas of, of light, of energy, that the Rabbani Shalom sends to the world. Again, these are the words, just share with the words. One madrega of hashpa, of divine energy and influx, the Rabbani Shalom sends to the world, is what's called by the Rizal, Moichin da Abba, the consciousness of Abba, of the Father. And there's another madrega, which is called Moichin da Ima, Shefa, that's called Moichin da Ima. Now, Abba, Meichen of Abba, Meichen de Ima, so again, just the words, Meichen de Abba, the consciousness of what's called Abba, is certainly a higher madrega than the Meichen of Ima. That's the way it is in the language of the Rizal. But here's the irony. The irony is, the Rizal taught, and again, it's complicated to, to talk about all of this, but just one little aspect. The Rizal said that when a person is in a state of Yaakov, when you're in a low state, Ironically, what's actually sustaining you is Meichen da Abba. When you're in a high state that's called Yisrael, ironically, what's sustaining you and what's being pumped into your mind and into your soul is Meichen da Ima. Now, it would be, we would think of it as the reverse. The higher madrega of energy, which is Meichen da Abba, we would associate usually with Yisrael. And the lower madrega that's called Ima, we would associate with Yaakov. It's Davka Yaakov that's being sustained by Meichen de Abba, and it's Yisrael that's being sustained by Meichen de Ima. Now the truth is, it's, it's interesting, we actually find it in the parishes. When Yaakov Avinu, as long as he's called Yaakov, although Rivka Imenu is manipulating the situation and giving Yaakov Avinu advice, but everything about Yaakov Avinu's life and his entire life's path depends on Yitzchak, his father. So the brachas have to, he has to receive from Yitzchak. Even after the brachas are taken, and now Yerif Kimenu realizes that there's a threat from Esav, so what, is he, what does she do? So she tells him, you got to go to Lovan. But it's not enough that the mother tells him. It has to come from the father. So, Yitzchak, so Rif Kimenu tells Yitzchak, ah, I'm sick, I can't imagine Yaakov marrying one of the women here. He has to go to my family. And so Yitzchak says to Yaakov, go to the house of Lovan. As long as he's under the name Yaakov, then the influence over his life, although again, Rifki Menu is manipulating things behind the scenes, but the actual tzivuyim and commands and instructions have to come from Abba, it has to come from the Father. What's amazing is, is that Rifki Menu then says to Yaakov, but by the time it's, by the time it's, by the time comes for you to come back to Eretz Yisrael, so what, which is already after he's given the name Yisrael, Right? That's after the story with the, with the Malach of Esav and so on. So what does Rivka Menu say? So Rivka says, um, uh, By that time, your brother's anger will, be, will subside. And, you'll, and he'll forget what you did already. I, says Rivka, I will send you and I'll bring you back. 
And that's in fact what we find, that later on in Parshas V'yishlach, when Yaakov is on his way back, Rashi brings down from Chazal, that Rivki Menu specifically sent Devira, her maidservant, to go tell Yaakov it's time to come back. So while he's under the name Yaakov, the one that has to give him the tzivuyim and the commands, even if it's all Rivka's ideas, but the one that has to, has to, has to officially tell Yaakov you know, what to do and send him on his mission to give him that, that strength is Abba. But once he's given the name Yisroh, then Adar Abba. Rivki Emenu not only has the ideas, but she's the one that sends and takes back and she sends the Shlicha, the Devara to, to return Yaakov Avinu. So this is the irony over here, the interesting thing. When you're in a state of Yaakov, it's Meich and Abba that are really dominant. But when you're in a state of Yisroh, it's Meich and Ima that's dominant. And that's what you find in the story with Yaakov and Esav. And, and, and Yitzchak and Rivka and so on. Okay, that's what we find from the, from the Arizal. Okay. Now, going a little bit further. The Vilna Gain. The Vondagayin, in a number of places in his writings, gives us the following, uh, de- you know, sort of developing this idea further. It says in Pasuk, going back to Ganeidan, okay, it says in Pasuk that when Adam and Chava sinned, and so on, and so Hashem curses, curses uh, Adam and Chava, and the following, one of the curses is, to, he talk, he, uh, Hashem is talking to the snake, and Hashem says, Hu Yishuv Haraish, it says in Pasuk that Hashem says to the Nachash, the human being is going to trample you on the head. They're going to want to step on your head and kill you. But you are going to bite them on the heel. So this is the Pasuk. You, the human being is going to stop, stamp on you on the head. And you're going to bite them on the heel. So Vilna Gain said that the word Reish over there, which is describing the human being being dominant over the snake, that's the word Raish is connected with Yisrael. Yisrael is a high madrega, then we're dominant over the snake, which represents all the eight Zaharas and all the aces of the world. Vuhu, Yishopeno Ekev, but we're in a state of Ekev, we're in the state of Yisrael, then what? The state of Yaakov, I'm sorry, the, the word Ekev is Yaakov, then the, the snake can bite us in the heel. Then we're being affected by, by, by the aces of the world, by the Nachash. Fine, that's the Pasuk. Says the Vilna like this, but there are three letters that are missing from those two words. To, and if you put those three letters in, then it becomes the word Yisrael and Yaakov. The word Reish is, the word Yisrael has the word Reish in it, but there's another two letters to make up the word Yisrael, which is Yud and Lamed, right? That's how you spell Yisrael. It starts with a Yud and it ends with a Lamed, and the middle letters are the word Reish. So what's missing from those two letters, or from that word from Reish, to make it Yisrael is a Yud and a Lamed. And the word Ekev come, becomes the word Yaakov when you add an additional Yud. So the three letters all together, that when you add them, it becomes Yisrael and Yaakov, not just Roish, Ekev, and that's Yud, Lamed, Yud. Now if you remember, two weeks ago we talked about this, it's one of the Shemus HaKtoshim, Yud, Lamed, Yud. We're not going to go into the Arichas right now, but suffice it to say, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that this divine name of, the, of those three letters, Yud, Lamed, Yud, is one of the divine names that's always involved with picking the Shemus up with picking Hashemus up, with giving you the strength to overcome, to overcome the aces of the world and to pick yourself up. Yod, Lamed, Yod. Yod, Yod, remember? Yod, Yod, he gives him his hand. That's Rosh Tevis, Yod, Lamed, Yod. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Huh? Hashem, Lamed, Yashav. Hashem, Baruch, Yamim. All these, uh, right. So that's what we talked about. Yod, Lamed, Yod. Now, it says the film, the guy like this. The two letters that, that are of, of, those, of that divine name, Yod, Lamed, Yod. So in other words, like this. The word Reish and Ekev, that's fine. But 
but the, the but when you but there are three letters that when you add to them they become Yisrael and Yaakov and that's Yud Lamed and Yud. The Yud and Lamed is part of the name Yisrael, and the final Yud is the name Yaakov, right? For the name Yaakov, it says the Vilna Gaon like this: the gematria of the two letters of that divine name that's associated with Yisrael is Yud and Lamed, right? What's the gematria of Yud and Lamed together? That's forty. Forty. The Mishnah says in Pirkei Avis, when a person hits 40, then you're Zaycha to what? To Bina. That's mother. That's feminine. Right? Bina Yisera. Women have Bina Yisera. So Yisrael, remember, Yisrael is the high Madrega, and they're, and they're under the auspices of Meichen Ima. So Davka, the letters that are connected with the word Reish, to give Yisrael the Kayach to become Yisrael, because again, that divine name, Yud Lamid, always means to pick yourself up and to bring out your potential, the two letters that are connected with the name Yisrael from that divine name, Begamashi of 40, which is the more feminine side of things. Whereas the name, the, 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 the final letter Yud, which is connected to Yaakov, said the Vilna in that final letter Yud, the shape of the letter Yud is what? Is an akuda dat, which is more related to the father. That's the father's uh, participation in birth, is the tipa. And so that, that's related to the Abba that is actually uh, sort of connect, you know, building up Yaakov. So that's what the Vilna Gaon says. It's all based on the Rizal, that Yaakov, ironically, is under the Shefa of Abba, and ya- Yisrael is under the Shefa of Ima. And you see this, says the Vilna Gaon, in these added letters to turn the word Rosh into Yisrael and to turn the word Ekev into Yaakov, that the letters that are, connect- that are given to the word Rosh to turn them into Yisrael is Vignatria 40, which is feminine, that's Ima, Whereas the letter Yud that's given to Akev to turn into Yaakov is representing the masculine aspect of uh, husband and wife, which is that, uh, that tipa, that's Meich and Abba. Okay, that's Vilna Gaon. But here's the Shailah. Well, the Shailah one is like, what am I talking about? Fine. But that's, that, that, that's an understood question. Fine. The next question, more detailed, is the Vilna Gaon is giving this, this rem, I'm not saying the word kid, giving this rem as of, Yud, Lamed, Yud, and the Yud and Lamed is, is, with, is with Reish, that's Yisrael, and that's feminine, whereas the Yud is connected with Yaakov, and that's masculine. But one second. The remez that the Vilna Gaon used was, how did he make Yud and Lamed feminine? With Gematria. And how did he make the Yud masculine? By the shape of the letter itself. It's a little bit inconsistent. I understand you want to say a remez. But like, you're going both ways, right? So if you're, if you're going to make the Yud Lamed mas- uh, feminine because of the Gematria, then figure out a way to make the Yud masculine with the Gematria. And if you're making the Yud masculine because of the shape of it, then why is the Yud and Lamed not using the shape? It's like, it's not, it's not being consistent in terms of the Remes. Okay, let's see, you don't die from such a kasha. But uh, we're talking about things that are, that are very, very important. So, so what does that mean? That's, that's, the, that's the question. Okay, so let's begin to explain all of this. Let's go back. Let's go back. Meich and Abba is building Yaakov. Meich and Ima is building Yisrael. So what does this all mean? Okay. So let me share. Now we're going to move from the Arizal and the Vilna Gaon now to the Baal Shem Tev, and we'll see how this becomes Mamish uh, uh, life-sustaining. So it's like this. There's a Torah from the Taldus Yaakov Yosef. Okay? The Taldus Yaakov Yosef is one of the great students of the Baal Shem Tev. He wrote the first Chassidish Sefer. So his famous sefer, Yaakov Yosef Polnoya, so we spent a lot of time learning his sefer once. Uh, the famous sefer of him is told as Yaakov Yosef. But there's another sefer that he wrote, a little bit less famous, Safnas Paneach. Also on the Chumash, Safnas Paneach. So let me share with you a vart. It's not a, it's not a vart, it's Mamash uh, an Oilam. It's from the Safnas from Paneach Parshas Bai. 
Okay. It begins like this. Everyone knows the famous Mishnah, the famous Brisa. It says like this. Kate Samarak Lufniakawa. Says the Chasana. Okay. Kate Samarak. You're supposed to dance. You're supposed to be Samech Chasana Vakawa. Kate Samarak Lufniakawa. So says the Brisa. Says Chazal. So what should you say? You're trying to make the Chasana Kawa happy? So what should you? It's an interesting question, all the way the way it's worded, because the question is, how do you dance before the chasen kalas? Now the answer should be like certain moves, mm-hmm. but the, the, really the the question really is, what are you telling the chasen kalas? So it's funny. So she say ketzad oimrim, ketzad meshavchim How do you praise the kala? Okay, ketzad meraklof neakala. So what's the answer? It's machlagis b'shaim b'sol. The song cuts out, you know, some words. So what's the what's the answer? So it says the mission like this: b'shami oimrim. B'shami says. You tell it like it is. If you have good things to say, good. If you don't have anything to you know, be honest. Good personality, you know, whatever it is. That's Beishamai. Beishil says, huh? Yeah, you do, do it on the spot, but uh, be honest. That's Beishamai. Beishil, I mean, Beishil says, No matter whatever the situation is, that's Basil. Okay, it's Mechaz Bishan Basil. Fine. Comes the Valshantiv and says, one second, we're not talking about it. It's not Bechlal what, what, what we think. Kate's and Ragh of Neakal. So I'll share with you a few lines. This is from, again, Tolis Yaakov Yosef, Bishan the Valshantiv. Shematri Moirizal. I heard in the name from my master. Kate's and Ragh of Neakal. That's the Brysa. How do you dance before the Kala? What should you say? Bishan the Valshantiv. Kala Kameshahi. Bishan the Valshantiv. Kala Novachasuda. Said the Valshantiv. Kila Asid. When Mashiach comes, Hashchina, the Divine Presence, Nikris Kala. The Divine Presence is going to be called the Kala. The Rabbi Hashem's presence in this world is called the Shechina. And when Mashiach comes and Hashem's presence is apparent in its full glory, that's called Kala. That's called Kala. Mashiach in Atta, however, said the Baal Shem Tov, nowadays, there's no Kala yet. In other words, the Rabbi Hashem is still everywhere, but Hashem's presence is hidden under rocks and grasses and good things and bad things. Hashem's presence is hidden. So Hashem is everywhere, but the Shekhinah is in Golas, right? The Divine Presence is in Golas. We don't, we don't see His presence. So here's the question. The question that the Mishnah is asking is a very deep one, which is that in Golas, the Avaida certainly of a Jew is to somehow bring out the Rabbani Shalom's presence, to somehow find Hashem and to believe that Hashem is, Hashem is in every single experience that you have. And so the question of the Mishnah is, how do you do that? <coughs> what's the perspective? What's the, what's, the, what's the basic way to find the Rabbani Shalom in your life? The word Maraktim means to dance. But the word Rikat, said the Baal Shem Tev, is also, Maraktim is one of the Lama Tesmolachis, means to winnow, to sift. means, how do I sift through my life in order to find the Rabbani Shalom, L'fnei HaKala, before Mashiach comes, when the Shechin is HaKala. Ketzim HaLefnei HaKala, so how do I do that? So that's a big question. So avoid that. So now you have Machlegis B'Sham Vesel. What's the Machlegis? It's a Gavadu Gazach. So he says like this, U'bezei Yuvim Ketzim HaLefnei HaKala. Bezman HaZeh Begolos, HaShechin HaShu L'fnei V'Kaidim Shnikas Kala. So Mashiach isn't here yet. The Rabbani Shalom is everywhere, but he's hidden and concealed in tsaris and difficulties and smallness. And how do I find him? By the way, Agav, just quickly on the side, this is why by the Chesidim, dancing is such an avoid. Why is dancing a big deal? There's stories of Baal Shem Tov that like, you know, uh, there were, they were the dinim hanging over the Jewish people and all the davening and the crying didn't work. But when the Chesidim would begin to dance, it would make the tikkun. Why? 
Because the word marakdim, which means to dance, in Hebrew is also the same letters as sifting. So in other words, instead of thinking about physical activities, everything in the world is oisius, everything is, is the alphabets. When you are marakid, when you dance, what you're doing is being marakid. What you're doing is also sifting through the situation and finding good. And that itself is its own tikkun. So that's the question. Case So lakach amru beishamay, so comes beishamay and says, kala kemay Now it's interesting. On a simple level, kala kemay means, say the truth. Said the Balshantav, what beishamay is telling you is, af bederach klal. Says beishamay, if it's lefnei hakala, if you're not holding by gula yet in your mind, then you don't, then you be, then be honest. And being honest, says Beishamay, means that you don't know, you don't feel and sense the Rabbanu presence in this particular moment. You don't necessarily feel the Rabbanu presence and hug and embrace in this particular situation. All you can say, which is the honest truth, which is, I believe in God. B'derach klal. B'derach klal, said the Bashantav. Beishamay is saying that the ultimate goal would be to be able to go through particular moments in life and say, oh, this is what Hashem is telling me. This is how Hashem is interacting with me right now. When the person is telling this to me, it's Hashem saying this to me. That's called B'derach Prat. Specifics. But says Beishamay, but if you're holding L'fnei Akala, you're holding before Mashiach, you don't have the Meichen to know specifics. All you have is to rely on the basics that you know from the time that you're a child, which doesn't have great uh, sophisticated ideas and, and sophisticated uh, details, which is, I believe in God, I believe everything's for the good. I tell me how this particular moment is for the good, I have no idea. Kal kamayshi, but at least I'm being honest, which is, I believe in God, and somehow I believe from the time that I'm a kid, everything is good. What does that mean right now? I don't know. Kal kamayshi, that's Beishamay. Beishamay is revealing to us, but there are klal. That's what you can do. That's all you can do, and that's fine. If you don't have the strength, as Beishamay is, be honest, you don't have the strength. And the, and the intellect and the moichen to be able to, to uh, beautify the kala in these particular ways. You don't, you, you don't have anything particular to say. So, so then you go back to the clolius, to the general ideas that you know from the time that you're a kid, that there's a God and He created the world and that's it. That's all I know. <coughs> Meaning, in other words, gam bederach klal, so you establish bederach klal, sheyeda shekvaydis baruch mestata bekol makam, that I believe Hashem is everywhere. What does that mean right now? Uh, how is he in this place? I don't know. But That's what I do. That's Beishamay. Come is Beishil. Beishil Svirli? No, no, no. Kala Nov Chasuda. Says Beishil, don't, uh, don't give in to that. Don't give in to Galas. Don't acknowledge defeat and say, you know, listen, Kala Kamesh, I know there's a God, that's all I can say. Beishil says, no, 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 no. Even Sufnea Kala, you are Miyached. You unify and redeem the Rabbanu Shalom, but Derech Prat. Figure out a way how in this moment you see something good, you see this moment. Do something to get that shechina out, out of that particular moment in that particular goal. That's Beishamek versus Beishil. Figure out a way to remove the negative clothing and to, and to clean up the spark of divine presence that's in this particular moment. And to beautify the kala in this specific way. She should be beautiful and gorgeous in this particular prat. These are two different mahalchim and Okay. Now, what's amazing is, is that in the Vilna Gain, in the Talmidim from the Vilna Gain, we find a similar idea. And this is, and, and instead of thinking, okay, so so far it's like machlek is b'sham b'sil. By the, by the Vilna Gaon taught this similar idea, the Vilna Gaon taught that this is something that 
The way of Beishamai is something that a person has to hold on to, specifically when you're holding by a Yaakov Vino moment. In other words, like we started in the beginning, there's Yaakov and there's Yisrael. Both Yaakov and Yisrael are involved in this Havayda of finding the Rabban Shlom. So what do you do? So we had a Machlaikis. Beishamai says just fall back on the basics that you're familiar with. Don't, don't try to get too specific. You don't have the Meichen for that. Says Beisel Novada, figure it out. Kalanova Chasuda, get to the Pratim. Find, find the message in this moment. Find the clarity. Find the truth in that moment. According to the, according to the Vilna Gaon, the Vilna Gaon actually relates to this Pshat. And the Vilna Gaon says, it's really not a Machlaikis either. It depends on where you're holding. Are you holding by Yaakov? Or are you holding by Yisrael? If you're holding by Yisrael and you have Ma'ichen, then Avada, that's Basil. That's Basil. Then figure out a way to find the truth and to find the clarity, to find God's presence in every particular prat. But if you're holding by Yaakov, then Beisham, that's, that's who Beisham is talking to. Beisham is talking to a Yaakov in a Yaakov in a then you, then you rely on Baderach Klal. You go back to Klal and you rely on the basic uh, Yedias that you have, the Rabban Shon of the world, and that's pretty much all I know. That's pretty much all I have. Listen to what the Vilna Gaon's Talmud of a Talmud writes. This is in Sefer Pischei Sharem. Rabbi Yitzchak is a chaver from the base manager of the Vilna Gaon. He says like this: Beis Agolus during the time of Golus, during Yaakov Avinu time, Shem Shvelim Viyerudem, which is a time of Golus, and, and 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 particularly a person finds himself in a low place. Az Nikr B'Shem Yaakov, as we said, that's when you're called Yaakov. <coughs> then at that moment of Yaakov Avinu you still have the responsibility to redeem the Shekhinah. But at that moment, when you're holding by Yaakov, then you can't redeem the Shekhinah in particulars, in details. You can't do it. Rak At that moment, said the Pesachim Sharm, then you, all you can find is the Rabbani Shalom's presence, generally, B'derach Klal, but not specifics. Beside Yud, beside Yud, which is the secret of the letter Yud. The secret of the letter Yud, said the Vilna Gain, going back to the Vilna Gain, Letter Yud is, is undifferentiated. It's simple. Thus is thus. You put, a, put the pen on paper, it becomes a Yud. A Yud means Klal. It means general. An Aleph is very specific. Gimel, Dalit. These are specific letters with particular shapes. What's the shape of a letter Yud? The shape of a letter Yud is nothing. It doesn't have its own. It just, it's a dot. It's a dot. Every other letter, you know, it starts with the letter Yud. So when a person's, person grows in their Avodah Hashem becomes more sophisticated, it's all coming from a basic point, which is, I believe in God. So you know, the, 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 the person that's, that's a Yisrael, that's able to sort of get to the details and find their Rabbanu Shalom in particular moments, he's, he's, he, he has reached that level, or she has reached that level, because they've been building on a basic Klol Yistika Amuna, and a simple faith of a child, which is, I believe that God created the world and He's good. And now I want to build on that to get to specifics. So in terms of the specific details of, of, of the, 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 the ability of the Yisrael to find the specific points of God's presence in his life, those are individual letters. It's an Aleph, it's a base, it's a Gimel. But the Klal, the basic foundational points that it's all coming from, which are more elemental, that's the letter Yud. So said the, said the Vilna Gaon, V'hu chachim satar and in a certain, on, even on a, on a national level, said the Vilna Gaon, nowadays, all we know are like the ideas. So we've all heard of like, you know, Shabbos. 
But how much of us do we know, do know like every single detail of Hilchah Shabbos? I don't know. But they're uh, like, you know, I know what Shabbos looks like. There's a certain, when, when you're not holding by big madregas, then what you rely on are just the generalities. That's, that's what you have. That's the letter Yud. And that's what sustains us. That's what you have. That's Beishamai. The Chlolos. So he says, And then at those moments, when you're Yaakov Avinu, all you have to rely on is just the general concept of believing in a God. And that's all you have. When you're holding by Yisrael, then already you can get into specifics, you get into details. And this, and this, by the way, is the difference between, let's go back for a second, between Meichen Abba and Meichen Dima. Remember, Yaakov Avinu is sustained and guided by the Father. Yisrael is sustained and guided by the mother. What's the difference between a father and mother? As I mentioned many, many times you know, over the course of the years, is that the difference in, in, in Pneumis HaTorah between masculine and feminine is this idea, is that the father and the mother, let's say in the role of, of creating a baby, is that the father is Bechlal. The father is, is general, building blocks. The mother then comes and takes that basic piece and, build, and, 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 and makes differentiation. So, the, so for example, again, the exact classic example of you know, the father works and brings home a check. What's the check? It could be anything. Right now, it's kind of just uh, potential. It's just it's a foundational point, and the mother then takes that check and actually turns something, turns it into something practical. So, father meichin de abba always means generalities, bechlolos, larger ideas but don't necessarily have any specific, um, um, it's, it's not targeted to specific ideas right now, it's generalities. So when a person has amuna, so we're talking about two madregas of amuna. There's the general amuna of Beishamai, Kalak Maishi, the Rebbeinu created the world, he's good, it means everything's good. That's an Abba consciousness. But now you, when you're, and, and by Yaakov, that's all you have. When you're holding by Yisrael, though, which is a higher madriga, now you could transition to Meichan De'ima, which is more specifics. Just like, again, by the, by the father, it's just a piece of genetic material. By the mother, it's an arm and a leg and a kidney and a lung. It's all specifics. So by Amun also, there's the generalities of Amunah, which is the father, and that's the guiding force behind the Yaakov Vinu time. But then you are more, more sophisticated, then you can transition to Basil, which is okay. But the Rabbanu Shalom, you know, I, God is good, I know all of that, but now that's general, but now specific. The Rabbanu Shalom is good right now, and I can feel his presence, and I know what he's telling me right now. That's specifics, and that's the Meich and the Ima that comes and guides the Yisrael. But now let's take it one step further. To take it one step further, and then Bez Hashem, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna conclude very, very soon. The next Madrig is as follows. Until now, so we have this idea that the Abba versus Ima, generalities versus specific. And generalities is necessary when you're holding by Yaakov, and specific levels of clarity is necessary and possible by Yisrael. Now comes the Kamarna in Sefer Eitzar Chaim, and the Kamarna says, you should know though, that although it might seem to us that the situation of Meichen Abba, Right, which is the amuna of, of Chloeus, the amuna of the letter Yud, is something that's like a bidiyavid. No, I have no choice but to rely on that when I'm holding by Yaakov, says the Kamarna Adrav, in truth, that's coming from a much deeper place. Says the Kamarna like this. This is in, in Parshish Kedashim. Said HaKlal. The Kamarna quotes this teaching from the Baal Shem Tev with Beisham Vesil all the time. And the, 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 the Kamarna says the following thing. When we talk about the sheet of Beishamai, which is the Klal, the amuna that you have to rely on, the meichin da'aba amuna that you rely on, 
when you're in a state of Yaakov. Said the Kamarna, don't think of that as a B'dyevet, and don't think of that as like, no, Nebuch, I can't get into specifics, and I have no choice but to rely on the more the basic, the basic, uh, you know, generalities that I've known from the time that I was a little kid. Said the, said the Kamarna, Said HaKlal, you want to know where that, those generalities are coming from? Said the Kamarna, who are ain't Saif HaKal HaKal. So this is a big idea. I've mentioned this many times. So the world that Rabbi Hashem created is a world of specifics, right? This world of specifics. There's deserts and there's forests. There's Amazon rainforests. There's uh, you know uh, snow-capped mountains. There's good days, bad days. There's, there's day and light, and uh, Sunday and Monday. The, the universe that we that we that we comprise, that we exist, that we experience, are are, are specifics. Are, are, it, it's Amad Piruda, a universe that's divided into a trillion pieces. That's what reality is. But you know, the truth is, though, before the Rabbanishim created this world of, of, of complexity, there was something taking up this space. And what was that? Absolute simple oneness. That was God Himself. Or ain't safe an infinite light. And so the problem is, the Rabbanishim had Kivyachal a problem. No, if, if, the, if God's infinite oneness is just all encompassing, the Rabbanu Shalom wants there to be a world of, of division, a world of complexity, a world of details. So what did the Rabbanu Shalom do? As I quoted many times from the Rizal, the Rabbanu Shalom concealed that light. He took away that oneness, that all-encompassing, infinite, infinite presence of himself and made room for there to be a Sunday and a Monday and a Tuesday and an up and a down and a desert and a, and a forest. All the different things of the world come in that place after the light of infinite oneness was removed. But Tot of and this is the core principle of Yiddishkeit, that the concept, the basic avayda of a Jew in this world is not to accept that, that the world right now is empty of that light, and now our job is to try to, you know, make the best that we can. The Iker Indian of Avodah Hashem is what? Is to reveal that that light on some level never left, and the residual the, the residue of that light still remains. In other words, there's two ways to look at reality. You can look at reality that this world is empty of that original infinite light, and now we're just living in a world of, uh, of a barren wasteland, and we do the best we can to deal with the barren wasteland. So we try to, we, we, we try to build, and we try to accomplish, and, and do good things. But that's not what Avedis Hashem is. The Baal Shem Tov taught the Indian of Avedis Hashem is what? Is to obviously engage in the barren wasteland. But really, really, the tachlis of Hashem is to reveal the residue and the residual light that encompasses everything from before there was a barren wasteland. Said the Kamarna, you want to know how, where in your, in your soul does that original light make itself known? It's in the generalities of your amuna. When you're holding at a time... See, the, specific, the uh, amuna of specifics, the amuna that Beis Hill recommends, the amuna that's coming from Meich and Ima, that's already acknowledging a universe of a trillion pieces. So there's a trillion pieces over here, which means that I have to somehow figure out what Hashem is telling me in this specific piece, in that specific piece, and what's the message of this moment and the message of that moment. But that's already acknowledging a universe of divide into a million pieces, and I'm trying to make sense of it. And that's a Geval de Gazach. But that's not the deepest madrega. The deepest madrega is to see everything as it was before creation and to reveal the light that preceded creation. The light that preceded creation is a light that brings everything together. It's absolutely one. 
And it's before the division of Sunday versus Monday and this moment versus that moment. It's all absolutely one. And the way I relate to that is by connecting to the amuna and the bitachen that I have, which is all-encompassing. So there are specific avoiders. I put on tefillin, I keep Shabbos, I light Shabbos candles, I say kibbutz tefillin. Those are details. But all of those details which are relating to an avoiders Hashem, which is assuming a universe of details, are predicated on what? On an amuna which is cloliest, which encompasses everything. The fundamentals of my amuna are, ex- are expressed in every mitzvah I do. So tefillin is unique. But it's ultimately based on the fact that I believe that there's a God in heaven, which is exactly the same foundation of my Shabbos and the exact foundation of my kashras and the exact foundation of not wearing shadness. So there's something specific about the Indian and the connection that I have to Hashem through not wearing shadness that's unique to, the, to that mitzvah and that's different than my relationship to Hashem that comes with, uh, with eating kosher. But the foundational nakuda. The basic amuna that, 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 that they're all coming from is the same. So says the Kamarna, the profound idea is, is that the light of Hashem that I'm trying to find in the, when I'm dealing with the Meichen of Beis Hillel, the Meichen of Ima, that's already a light that comes after creation. Once there's a barren wasteland and once there's a million pieces in, in life, then I'm trying to find Hashem's, pre, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, I'm trying to find the Shechin in all these moments. But when I'm trying to connect myself to the foundational amuna that encompasses everything, that's not a bidiyavah, that's not falling back on the basics and nebuch to me, I'm only a Yaakov and that's all I have. Adarabah, those moments of Yaakov Avinu where you have no choice but to fall back on the basics of your amuna, those are the deepest moments in your life because the basics of your amuna, which, in, which, which are true in every particular scenario, are rooted and are coming from the residual light that, create, that was before the world. And that light that was before the world, God's presence that came before the world is a presence that brought everything together that was absolutely one. So says the Kamarna like this, again, Saida Klal, who ain't Saifa Koilako. The Klal, the Meichen of Abba, that's ultimately guiding the Yaakov Avinu, and the Yaakov Avinu moment has no choice but to rely on the Klaliyas Dikamuna. That's not a bit the that's not full. That's, that, that's the deepest thing in the world. Beside Shara Nun, that's the, the highest madrig of the Shara Nun, again. So he says, Pratis already means acknowledging a universe that's divided into a million pieces and you're doing the best you can to figure out the details. But it's all predicated, but the deepest level of Adis Hashem is to connect yourself to the light of Hashem that existed before creation, which, is, which unifies all things. This is the secret of the brachas that Yitzchak Avinu is giving, is giving over to Yaakov. Again, what are those brachas? The brachas that are being given over is, this is Yiddishkeit. But in order to receive that Yiddishkeit, Yaakov Avinu has to establish within himself the very foundation of Yiddishkeit. And the foundation of Yiddishkeit is, okay, Yaakov, Yitzchak Avinu is giving me a bracha. And the bracha is Shadnez and Sitzes and Tfilin and Shabbos and Kashras and Mikveh and everything. But Yaakov Avinu says, but I can only receive that if I'm a Bechar, if I establish myself as the firstborn. What does the firstborn mean? The firstborn means racious. It means the beginning, where it's all coming from. The foundational point. The foundational point is the Meichen of Abba, the consciousness of Father, the consciousness of basic Amuna that, it's, that this is all a part of. When you have a Yiddishkeit of 613 pieces, but it's all rooted in foundational concepts, what's happening then is, is that Yiddishkeit is now being defined for us in a clear way of what the purpose is, which is to find Hashem in the moment, but to realize that all of those particular particularities 
of the 613 are ultimately just trying to guide you to get back to the truth of all truth, which is that God that existed before creation in absolute oneness still exists in absolute oneness. And so this is, this is what Yiddishkeit is. Yiddishkeit is, is, is and, and, and it's dafka the moments when you're Yaakov Avinu and you don't have anymore the strength, spiritual strength to, to find Hashem in the particularities and you're forced to what? To go back to the generalities of Meichen Abba, Ad Rabba, said the commander, Hagufa, that's the, those, that, that's the most important thing in the world. Because what you're doing at that moment is that you're establishing the foundation of what Yiddishkeit's about and what the Tachas Abri is and you're connecting yourself to the light of Hashem and the reality of Hashem that came before the world. This is exactly what's taking place. Let's go, then we have to tie this all together very, very quickly. We have a lot to do over here, just very, very quickly. So let's go back. So the Vilna Gaon said like this, that the Yud and Lamed, remember that? Yud and Lamed was the Gematria by Yisrael, that's 40, that's, that's feminine. And the letter Yud itself, the Tzur of the Yud itself, is masculine, and that's by Yaakov. So we asked, why is the Gematria the feminine side and the actual letter itself masculine? The answer is, that's the point. A Gematria is not the thing itself. Gematria means... Uh, the number that it represents. Meichen de'ima, so in, in, this, in this context, what does it mean? It means that you think, the usual way of thinking is that what? Meichen de'ima, which means particularities and clear understanding, that's gavaldic, that's mamish dveikas. But the, the generalities that, that you rely on when you're Yaakov Avinu, nebuch, it's a bit yevet. But says the Vilna Gaon, no, 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 like the Kamaran is saying, when it comes to the Meich and which are the specifics, the Derech Prat, which is Basil, that's, that's, it's, it's circling around the Iker. It's the Gematri. Gematri is like the, the number that it represents, but it's not the thing itself. What is Amuna itself? What is Yiddishkeit itself? It's Dafka, when it, the, the, the generalities, the Klal, that's the Yiddishkeit itself. The details of Yiddishkeit, those are the details. But what is Yiddishkeit? Yiddishkeit is about to re- reconnect to God Himself. Let's understand. The deepest level of God Himself is, 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 is the God that existed before creation. Once creation comes in, then God's like telling us about Himself. But where is He? In other words, once there's a, a universe of, of, of multiplicity of, of a million details, now God is telling us his gematria. You understand? He's telling us about himself. But you want to know the deep, but you want to connect to God Himself, then you have to go before creation. So it's Davka in the Kloliastika Amuna that is rooted in God's presence that predates creation. That's where you get to God Himself. Because just like a person, you are more yourself when you're at home. When you're already out there and dealing with a universe, then already you're, you, you put on the show a little bit. So the Rabbani Shalom also, where is the Rabbani Shalom more at home? Where is the Rabbani Shalom more himself as opposed to him just being sort of telling, you know, putting on a show? He's putting on a show when there's a universe. But when, when there was no universe yet, then the Rabbani Shalom could be himself. So when you're developing an Amuna that's based Hillel, that's Meichen De'ima, which is already assuming that there's a universe, and trying to find Hashem in the particularities of that universe, that's a gematria, that's finding something about Hashem. But if you want to find Hashem Himself, that means that you have to connect to Him as He existed before creation. And that's the thing itself, that's the, that's the Amuna of Abba, the Amuna of Klal. So in terms of the letters Yud and Lamed, which is the Meichen of Ima, Yisroel, that's a gematria. That's, an, that's a, rep, a number that, that's represented by Yod and Lamed. But the Yod itself, Yod Banishon himself, that's Davka found by the Yod of Yaakov Avinu. Let's go back. Say it again. Like 
Exactly, exactly. Because right now it seems that Beishamai is a lower madrega. We always want to be Yisrael. But when Mashiach comes, it's going to be revealed that Davka, the Madregas of Amuna that you attained, that you had no choice but to rely on as a Yaakov, those were the deepest Madregas of all. That was the essence of God, not the, the gematria of God. That was the, the essence of God. And that's Yaakov. This is going back, let's explain. This is why. One second, because that means the Meichen. In terms of your consciousness, Yisrael is higher. But the Amuna and the level of godliness that you're connecting to is actually lower. So let's go back. This is why Yaakov Vinu buys the birthright from Esav. Again, what does the birthright mean? The birthright means racious. It means the truth, the essence, where it's all coming from, the foundational point. The Amuna that Yaakov Vinu relies on, the letter Yud, the essence, that he buys with a bowl of red lentil soup. Okay, lentil soup. Lentils are yuds. That's what lentils are. Little yuds. And what's amazing is that Yaakov Esav does not say, give me the lentil soup. He doesn't see the essence. All he sees is the color. The color, he calls just the red stuff, whatever the red thing is. Because that's the dividing line. Yaakov Vino is, is buying for himself. He wants the essence. He wants the zach itself. The zach itself is the letter yud. Whereas Esav is now, now, this is where he's dividing. Esav is now acknowledging, I, I don't care about essence. I, all I care about is what I experience, what I see. Experientially, Yisrael is much, much greater. But you want essence? Yaakov, Yaakov has the essence. And this is exactly how Yaakov was buying the birthright. He's buying the birthright in exchange for a bowl of lentil soup. So, and, 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 and that's an amazing thing. So he's giving, it's all about the letter Yud. Yaakov Vinu is giving the lentil soup, which is the embodiment of the letter Yud, a bunch of trillion Yuds over there. He's giving the Yud to Esav, and Esav doesn't even chap what it is. He doesn't even chap. All he sees is the chitzanias. But Yaakov Vinu is acquiring the essence of the Rabbani Shalom as the Rabbani Shalom is before creation, which we connect to from the generalities of Amuna, which is the letter Yud, Right? And that's exactly Yaakovina is acquiring it. So we started with a question, if you remember. Why the why it's a Davashlaibal Ilam, right? Remember that? Rashan asked a question, it was a long time ago. Davashlaibal Ilam. Right? How could you sell the birthright? It doesn't exist yet. Only when you assume there's a universe of Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday of million pieces, then there's an idea that this little piece of the universe didn't come yet. But if you're holding by before creation, there's no such thing as Davish Before creation, the light, the light of God that encompasses all of reality before creation is Shavu, is Hayahaviyah, was, is, and always will be, completely unchanging. The very idea, in other words, the very idea of there being, now there's no fish, but soon there will be fish, is assuming that there is a construct of now and later. It's already, it's already dealing with, a, with, with the already made universe. And now, but that's exactly what Yaakovinu is not trying to buy. What Yaakovinu is buying is what? He's acquiring for himself a connection to the light of Hashem and the essence of God that came before creation. Before there was, yes, fish now and, there will, and, and no fish later, or vice versa. The, the whole inning of Yaakovinu is connecting himself to the racist, to the very beginning, to what came before creation, which encompasses everything that would ever be. It's that light, that light of creation, that when Hashem said, Yehi are, let there be light, that, that it contains everything. 
The light that came before creation is, is infinite. It, had every, it has everything in it. it. There is no such thing as now and then later, not. That, that whole inyan of Dover Shloibel Oilam is assuming that you're, there's an Oilam, there's a universe, which is divided into pieces. And now this, this piece comes, and then that piece goes, and v'chulu v'chulu. That, that The whole inyan of the birthright was b'chulah not like that. The whole inyan of the birthright is connected to the light of Hashem that predates the world, that comes before the world, that encompass, that came before and continues after, that's completely unaffected by all of reality. It's infinite. That's exactly what he's trying to buy. So, and, and, and this is again, this is exactly what's going on over here. The, the, the Yiddishkeit, the Yaakov Avinu, is, 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 is receiving of, from Yitzchak Avinu the details of Yiddishkeit, he cannot receive them healthfully and, 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 and clearly unless he first establishes that connection to the racious, to the foundational, to, the, to, the, to, to, to that foundational amuna, which is, which is rooted in, in the essence of God that comes before creation itself. And now that you have a connection to Rashis, to that light that predates creation, and now you, then on that, on that you can now build a Yiddishkeit of 613 details, because those details will not have their own independent existence. They're going to be rooted in that ultimate beginning that came before creation. And now, from those details, you now have ways of reconnecting yourself and deepening your appreciation and your bond with what came before creation. And these are the two different paths of, of, of life. Either to you know, all we have is you know, you know, the the world of uh, you know uh, of division, and I do the best I can to find the de- you know to find Hashem in that place. Or no, 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 realize that all the pratim of Yiddishkeit are there as channels and windows and doorways to give us a deeper appreciation, a deeper connection to really what came before creation, and that's what Yiddishkeit is, and that's exactly what's going on in the parsha. Yaakov Vino is establishing before the brachas are given; he's establishing what the real truth is, and the real truth is. That before creation, it's all the same. Nothing changed. The Rabbani Shalom is here as much as he was before creation itself. And on top of that, now I can receive 613 eightses and 613 ways to deepen my connection to that truth which came before creation and will exist after creation as well. And that's what Yiddishkeit is. And that's exactly what the birthright is. No, we have to mechazek ourselves that no matter what happens in life, Adra, when we find ourselves as a Yaakov Inu moment, realize, no, 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 that's not a bidyevet. And all you can muster up is just the Imun Apshut, the simple faith of there's a God and that's pretty much all I know. All you know. That's everything. That's everything. That, that the, your ability to, to, to have that simple faith that is all-encompassing is coming from Hashem's presence that remains all-encompassing because He came before the world. And that's what you're feeling when you're able to muster the strength of Imun Apshut. No. Hashem should help us, we should be zaychat to have that amuna and elevate from Yaakov to Yisrael and to go back to Yaakov, back to Yisrael. We just go to Tzedek and hear every minute. Amen. It's interesting, it says, no, I'm just going to record it.